and welcome back to Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. This is your host, Tammy Krause. A few months ago, I became aware of a group on Facebook called Point Me to First Class, and it was started by Dr. Devin Gimbel to help other doctors learn how to maximize the points and benefits available to us through credit cards. And honestly, I'm fascinated by all the stories that I've seen on that website where doctors talk about taking their entire family and every friend they've ever had to Europe in first class and not spending a dime to do it. But I've not figured out how to navigate that system at all. So I invited Dr. Gimbel here to talk to us and maybe she'll help you as much as she'll help me. So hi, Dr. Gimbel, how are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. I love talking about credit card points and credit card travel more than almost anything on earth. And so this is just (laughs) such an honor and a thrill for me to be able to have this conversation with you today. So thank you for the invitation. Wait, you just told me you have children. Do you like talking about this more than your kids too? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I love my kids, but but there is just no end to all of the different nuances and facets of traveling with credit cards and points. And so, yeah, I mean, this is the one thing that I could talk about to anybody at any time for as long as possible. So we'll be mindful of that and not, I won't talk to you for hours today, but (laughs) there's so many different things that we could explore on this topic. Well, I guess let's start at the beginning. How did you get started on this? Yeah, that's a great question. So I knew nothing about using credit card points or miles to travel until about eight years ago, but I have always been obsessed with travel. Like I can remember being a little kid back in the age, I grew up in the age where we actually had print magazines still. So it was not quite, you know, now where everything is digital. And I remember that we would get national geographic magazines sent to our house and I would flip through those And I can just remember, you know, late at night, everyone else is asleep. I'm literally in my closet with a little flashlight, you know, flipping (laughs) through National Geographic. And I would tear out the pictures of these places that just looked so extraordinary to me. You know, I would tear out the pictures of the pyramids in Egypt. And I distinctly remember this one spread that was done on the Okavango Delta in Botswana with these just extraordinary aerial photographs, you know, of this just amazing place. And I would tear these pages out of these magazines and just wanted to go to all of these places. And, you know, I grew up in, you know, a not a terribly financially resourced family. And so, you know, our vacations were road trips and, you know, camping, which was great. But, you know, I was not someone who from a young age, you know, was being taken to all of these amazing places. But I just had this huge desire to go out and see and explore the world. And as I got a little bit older, I would start saving up all of my little pennies and I started doing some more travel on my own. And those experiences were truly some of the most just foundational and profound experiences of my life. And so, you know, as I'm going through school and education, I you know knew I wanted to go into medicine. And so you know, I did the fairly traditional path, went to medical school, residency, fellowship, you know, got my first job out of fellowship and was working, you know, very traditional physician job full time and still had my love of travel. Again, even though I was finally making kind of a grown up salary, I also had grown up student loan debts, you know, and (laughs) I had a lot of places that I really wanted to put my money and it's still travel was not you know, the top of my list in terms of where I was going to put, you know, sort of the money I was bringing in. And I personally went on this big journey to become educated about personal finances, because 
like I said, you know, I didn't come from a really financially resourced family and I, you know, wanted to have that be a different story for my family and my children. And so I began learning a lot about personal finance. And as part of that, I sort of stumbled into online some of these stories about people who were using credit cards specifically to earn points that could then be translated into luxury travel experiences. So I'm hearing these stories about people who, you know, just from the regular expenses that they're paying for are earning credit card points and flying themselves first class, you know, to Abu Dhabi, or they're staying in some amazing resort in Hawaii. And I'm like, well, that sounds pretty good. You know, like I want to do all those things. I just don't want to pay $20,000 of my own money, (laughs) you know, to go out and do it. And so I really started to experiment just to see, is this actually possible? You know, like, is this something that, you know, a relatively regular person can figure out, you know, without doing anything super crazy, certainly without, you know, harming their own credit or without putting themselves, you know, into some sort of bad financial situation to do. And so I just started slow and I started practicing. And what was my personal experience was, oh, wow, this can actually work. You can actually leverage credit card points and airline miles to take these amazing trips for very little money out of pocket. And the very first time that I used credit card points to take an international first-class flight, I was hooked. And I was like, I am never doing this long haul economy thing again, because I have flown all over the world in economy and it is not that comfortable. And so after I had my first international first class flight experience and I saw, oh, wow, this is doable. I never went back. And so that for me has been the story for about eight years of really learning how to optimize this hobby of turning my just everyday expenses into credit card points and learning how to use those points to just go amazing places. And the last year I've been really channeling all my energy into teaching other doctors how to do the same thing. After I had my personal experience of, oh, wow, this is really incredible. You know, I really want to share this with other people. And so, you know, that's kind of where my Facebook group came from was just wanting to have this conversation with other doctors and teach them really how easy this can be for them too. Is there like a certain card that you have to get? Do you have to get the American Airlines card to use American Airlines or where do you start? (laughs) That is such a good question. You know, I think what can be very overwhelming for people in the beginning is that there are so many options. And that question of almost what I hear a lot of people saying is what is the best card, which to me is a very stressful question (laughs) because (laughs) I think it assumes that there's like a good one and a bad one or a right one or a wrong one. And, you know, no one wants to make the quote unquote wrong decision. And so when people kind of ask me, what is a great card, you know, to get started with in this hobby, there are so many great cards. One of my personal favorites is one of the Chase Sapphire cards. And so Chase is a bank and a credit card issuer, and they issue many rewards credit cards. So credit cards that will earn you points or airline miles or hotel points, you know, when you put spend on those credit cards and two of their, what I think are just really phenomenal, really strong, great rewards credit cards are the Chase Sapphire preferred card and the Chase Sapphire reserve card. And so that's usually one of those cards is oftentimes my recommendation for people who are brand new into this hobby to just start with one thing, get used to using one rewards earning points, earning credit card. And then, you know, as your interest grows, you can always add more cards to your portfolio, depending on what just your personal travel preferences might be. 
recently I've seen some posts where it talks about transferring your points from the card to something else. And can you explain that to me? I've yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's amazing right. how ignorant I am in this field. And it's not, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, why should anyone know about this? Right? It's like we're all ignorant of everything until we're even aware that it exists. And then our interest or our curiosity might get peaked. And then we learn about it, right? I mean, this is how we learn about anything. And so in terms of your question, let me just back up and talk about a little bit of the mechanics of some okay. of these cards. And that is that rewards credit cards are specifically credit cards that when you put certain you know expenses on them, say that you're going to pay your utility bill, right? Or you're going to go and fill up your car with gas and you use your credit card at the gas station. A rewards credit card is one where when you put expenses on the credit card, they reward you by assigning you a certain number of points for that charge. And so you can accrue and build up a points balance on any one of these different rewards credit cards. And so what happens then is that rewards balance, those points are essentially another form of currency. They have value to them. And so most of these, the bank will give you the option of using the points that you have built up and you can exchange them for things through the credit card issuer's website. So you can exchange them, for example, for a gift card to Amazon, or you can exchange your points for a statement credit, you know, against your credit card statement. Or for a lot of these rewards points, you can also book travel through the credit card company itself. So say you want to book a flight, you know, from Chicago to Miami, you can use your points to offset the cost of that flight. So these are all different options and they're not bad ones, but the thing to understand is that when you use your points in that way, the points themselves have a fixed value. Like you can get one cent of value for every point you have. So if you have a, you know, a thousand points in your, you know, attached to your credit card, you can get a hundred dollars worth of value. So a hundred dollars towards a flight or a hundred dollars worth of gift cards which is great because that's a hundred dollars that you didn't have before. Right. But for those of us like me who are very deep into this hobby, there exists an amazing opportunity to get actually a lot more value out of your credit card points. And that's where this idea of transferring your points comes in. And how that works is that a lot of these reward credit cards will have certain airlines that they partner with, where you can actually take your credit card points and you digitally move them into one of the airline partners. So one example is Chase credit card points. You can move them over to Air Canada, which is an airline that's based in Canada. You can move them into Air Canada's frequent flyer program. Or another example is you can move your Chase points and transfer them into Air France's frequent flyer program. And the reason that you would wanna do that is because then all of a sudden you have access to opportunities to using your points at a way higher value than you can get if you leave them with your bank. And this is what you see a lot of us sort of talking about very enthusiastically on the Facebook group, right? Where someone will say, great example, you know, I booked myself a business class flight from Chicago to Paris on Air France. Now, when you do that, instead of getting that, what I call a low value of your credit card points, when you leave them with the bank, 
you can double, triple, quintuple the value of your points when you do these transfers, which is why so many of us in the game and the hobby really focus on that. Because instead of then getting, you know, having, say you have a hundred thousand points, instead of getting a thousand dollars of value out of them, which is still a lot of money, I can turn a hundred thousand points into potentially four or five or $6,000 worth of flights. And so that's where then you can start to see, wait a minute, that sounds actually kind of fun. You know, would I rather take a business class flight, you know, to Europe and back, or do I want to exchange my points, you know, for some gift cards? Now I know what my preference is, but you know, everybody can have their own preference, <laughs> but really this idea of transferring points is what allows you to get just tremendous value out of the points that you have. How do you learn about these partnerships? Yeah, that's a great question. So you can learn about them in so many different places. When I was learning about this, there were really a couple of key travel and credit card points blogs that I happened to follow, which is how I kind of piece things together bit by bit. There are still amazing travel blogs that are out there. But one of the things that I try to make easy for everyone in our communities that when you're in our Facebook group, you know, that's something that we try to educate people about so they don't have to go out to all these little random corners of the internet to find. And so it's actually pretty easy to find out what those are. Like I said, every major credit card issuer has their own menu of travel partners and it's predominantly airlines, but some of them also partner with some hotels. And so it's as easily as just Googling, you know, chase transfer partners, you can pull up a list there. Or if, you know, you're in our Facebook community, you can just make a post and then everyone else, you know, can jump in and kind of teach you the ropes and tell you, you know, what are sort of the easiest transfer partners to use or where can you get the most value out of your points? And then before the show, we were kind of talking about a previous podcast that I had done with Doug Kraus and it was talking about credit. And I think he specifically mentioned that, you know, you probably only need three or four credit cards so you don't get yourself in trouble, but you have a little bit different perspective on that and, you know, strategic use of credit cards also to boost your credit. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, first I want to acknowledge that I think that there are some really great you know, sort of like baseline rules around financial responsibility. And I do think that it's true that for a lot of people, having just a ton of credit cards for no specific reason maybe isn't the best idea in the world. But I was laughing with you, like I said, you know, before this show, because when I was listening to your talk with Doug, which I thought was excellent, and he brought up so many great points, the one thing he said that that I was just sort of kind of laughing about that, you know, I was like, no, 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 this isn't true for everyone is he actually said, you know, let's all agree that having like something like eight credit cards is way too many and it's dangerous. And, you know, I was like, no, that's not true. Again, for some people, I think that's absolutely true. But I think when you understand one, like how can you be very careful and very responsible with your credit cards, having a number of credit cards can actually be incredibly advantageous in terms of specifically talking about this hobby, specifically in terms of being able to earn a lot of credit card rewards points in different credit cards. We call them currencies, so different kind of flavors of points. But I think even more importantly, understanding that 
It's not that just having more credit cards is automatically going to damage your credit score. And understanding what are the factors that go into determining your credit score, you can begin to see, and this has certainly been my experience over the last eight years of doing this, and I'll just be completely transparent. I counted this morning. I have 19 credit cards <laughs> active right now, which I know may sound horrifying again to some people, like, why would you ever do that? But what I can tell you from my own personal experience is that my credit score has actually gone up over that time. I always had excellent credit, but my credit has actually continued. My credit score has continued to increase over that time. And again, I think it's when you understand what are the main factors that go into determining your credit score that helps you understand this. And the number one factor that determines your credit score is making on-time payments. And so one of the things that I would tell people is whether you have one credit card or you're interested in getting into rewards travel is that I would never open up any credit cards if I was not absolutely sure that I was going to be able to pay off my entire credit card bill, my entire credit card statement in full monthly. So to me, that's kind of the foundation of all of this, that if you're not in a place yet in your life where it's possible for you to do that, then no, I don't think that you should be opening up, you know, extra credit cards. And so again, number one, if you're paying off all of your credit card bills in full monthly, that's the number one important, you know, heaviest factor that goes into determining your credit score. But the second highest factor that determines your credit score is what's called your credit utilization ratio, which is essentially how much of all the credit that's extended to you are you using at any given time? And so my experience has been that as I continue to open up new credit cards, each one comes with its own credit line. So over time, I've had more and more and more credit extended to me, but I'm not using all of that credit. Right. So whether my monthly bills are $5,000, it doesn't matter if I have one credit card or if I have 20 credit cards. But if I'm only putting, you know, $5,000 a month on my credit cards, but I have 20 credit cards open and I have a ton of credit extended to me, I'm actually utilizing very little of my overall credit score. And when you have a low credit utilization ratio, that makes your credit score go up. And so that is precisely why I think. It's a little bit kind of simplified to just say having a lot of credit cards is bad or opening up a lot of credit cards hurts your score. I think it can, if you don't understand entirely what impacts your credit score, but when you do, and you're able to handle that credit really well, then opening up more than three or four credit cards, again, over a period of time, it, it's not guaranteed, you know, to damage your credit score or tank your credit score, you know, over this time, you know, I've been approved for a mortgage. My husband and I bought our first home. We refinanced our home, you know, several times when the rates were really low. And so I don't want people to think that just having a couple of credit cards is automatically either going to, you know, tank their credit score, make it impossible for them to, you know, reach other financial goals they may have in their life, like, you know, becoming homeowners. That makes sense. Now, when you have 19 cards, how do you keep track of which one is going to give you, you know, X benefit? That's an excellent question. So I will say, first of all, I did not open up 19 credit cards overnight. So I didn't go from <laughs> 19 and, and, you know, having to kind of juggle that and organize that all at once. You know, I started very, very slow, which is what I recommend for most people is when you start slow, you get one credit card and you get used to one using that card and again, paying it off very regularly. Now, each of these credit cards that I have, I have them for different reasons. So different credit cards may give you extra bonus points for certain types of expenses, like 
grocery spend, you know, where a lot of us may spend, you know, significant amount of money or, you know, on gas spend. And so the way that I keep myself organized is first of all, I don't actually use all of my credit cards, certainly not on a daily basis or even a regular basis. And so I have about eight credit cards that I actually use regularly to the point where I carry them around in my wallet. And over the course of a month, I'll probably use all of those at least once. And so for the cards that I'm not actively using, I keep them in a safe place. I keep them locked up and I know they exist, but I'm not actually pulling them out on a daily basis. And so for the ones that I am using on a daily basis, I have a very sophisticated system of having little stickers on my cards that tell me (laughs) (laughs) which one I use for which expense. And I actually have it mostly memorized, but you know, I've roped my husband into this and he's a very willing, but shall we say not entirely enthusiastic participant. And so he doesn't have, you know, quite the level of memorization that I have around in terms of which (laughs) card we use for which expense. And so I do actually have little sticker labels. You know, I have a little you know, gas station sticker that I stick on the card where he's supposed to use it as a gas station. But it's actually, I think, again, when you go kind of slowly and deliberately, I think it's actually not that challenging to stay, you know, organized with this. And I don't think it's any different than being organized with the other aspects, you know, of your financial life. And you just find a system that that makes it simple for you to keep track of whether you put, you know, as many of your expenses on just auto pay as you can. So you don't even have to think, you know, about, Mm -hmm making sure that you log on to pay them or which card to use. I set a lot of things to auto pay and it actually becomes very simple. When you decide that you want to go on a specific trip, say you want to go see the pyramids in Egypt, do you then go through each of your cards to figure out which airline you want to use and kind of, you know, ramp up on that particular card for whatever, three months, six months. I don't know how long it takes to accumulate the points, but Yeah, that's a great question. So how long it takes to accumulate the points kind of depends on a couple of factors. One of it depends on just how high is your spend, you know, in general, certainly, you know, we see an entire spectrum, right? Some people have an annual spend of, you know, $30,000 on their credit cards. I also work, you know, I work predominantly with physician families. Many of the people I work with are also business owners. They may run their own medical practice. So they may run a different type of business. And the business itself has very high expenses that we can really leverage in terms of using business credit cards for points. And so, you know, some people can earn literally a million points in a year just from their personal or their business spend. You know, other people aren't going to be quite that high, but it's actually quite easy to earn several hundred thousand points per year, which I think is one of the things that's really surprising to people when they first hear. But when I'm thinking about a trip, Usually if I have a very specific, you know, goal in mind, like you said, the pyramids of Egypt. Yes. The first thing that I kind of look at is specifically, which are the airlines that fly kind of the route that I would look to take, you know, I live in the Midwest, so I get to fly in and out of Chicago's airports. So I have a lot of options, but not every airline in the world may take that certain route. And so I just look, you know, what are the three or four most common airlines that are going to run that route? And if you know, which are the credit card points that are going to be able, again, to transfer to those airlines. And then I make a plan where, great, I want to accrue as many of that type of credit card point as possible, you know, to be able to then have the points to transfer to the airline to book the trip. And so, again, I think when you're starting from scratch, it can kind of seem a little bit confusing, but once you start learning just how many points in general, you know, does it take to fly to certain parts of the world? It becomes a lot easier than, you know, to make plans and to get a sense of, 
you know, for a big trip, especially if you want to take, you know, another person or you want to take a family with you, it may take you, you know, a year to really build up enough, you know, of a points balance if you're starting from scratch. But I think a lot of people are really shocked. You know, some people have these credit cards for other reasons, you know, for some great, you know, travel benefit. And so they've actually built up a lot of points and they've just never really gotten to the part of learning how to use them really well. So some people are really pleasantly surprised because they'll come to me and say, well, you know, (laughs) I've had this Chase credit card for a few years and I've never really done anything with the points. I have 700,000 points, you know, kind of what are my options? And it's like, great. You've got a ton of options when you've got 700,000 points. So (laughs) it kind of depends if you're starting from scratch, but yeah, it usually comes down to understanding, you know, what is, what type of credit card point is going to be most valuable for me? And just what's my plan for earning enough of those so that I have the points I need to be able to book the flights or book the hotel that I really want to book. I think I'm going to have to let you go because I'm going to have to go find all of my credit card statements and see like how many points (laughs) I've had, because I've never used them. So Gosh, I hope I have, you know, 5 million points. I have no idea. (laughs) It's possible. I mean, you may be sitting on multiple business class flights right now, not even knowing it. (laughs) Well, Devin, is there any, you know, last minute words of advice you'd have for us before I let you go? Yeah, I would just love to tell people, you know, if travel is something that that you love to do, that you wish you could do more of without paying a lot more out of pocket, I really recommend that you just open up your mind to the possibility that using rewards credit cards may actually be really useful for you. And so I would love to just invite you to either, you know, come and join our Facebook group, point me to first class, or even just do a little bit of internet searching to see how people, other people have actually really successfully used these points because I tell people all the time that we all have expenses, right? Even if we are, you know, really frugal and even if we are really deliberate about where we're putting our money, we all have expenses and your expenses are assets. You can actually translate your expenses again into credit card points, which is their own form of currency. And so if travel is something that interests you and excites you, I just invite you to learn more about this because you may be shocked at what's actually possible to do with credit card points and miles. This is fascinating. I hope you'll come back and join us again. And, you know, maybe you don't have to start at the beginning next time, because again, I'm so ignorant to all of this, but I'm so excited to maybe get started. Oh, well, be careful what you wish for, because I'll come back every single week and we can talk about different (laughs) trips and different strategies. (laughs) But anytime, I would absolutely love to. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks, Devin. And thanks to everybody for listening. And again, I invite you to go to her Facebook page, Point Me to First Class, and hope you'll join me again next week for Grand Rounds.